Hey everyone and welcome back to the Purposeful Mindset Podcast. I'm honestly so grateful that you're listening to my podcast and I'm excited to share yet another episode with you. This podcast, as you know, is all about bringing servant leaders to share their stories and life experiences with you all in the hopes to help more people to find their true purpose and meaning to life. Today I have an incredibly unique guest which I cannot wait for you all to listen into. Her name is Rebecca Mikola and she is an industry-leading entrepreneur and the visionary co-founder of Nordic Cuddle, one of the fastest growing cuddle therapy companies based in London, providing restorative cuddle sessions within the wellness sector. A pioneer in the field of wellness, Rebecca takes a more holistic approach towards well-being. She is a trained cuddle therapist and massage therapist and is seen as a thought leader in the industry with over 1,300 hours of experience. Rebecca is a sought-after public speaker. Her first TEDx talk was about how cuddling can make us better human beings. She has also spoken at Samsung, Snapchat headquarters, Warwick University and the first ever Health Optimization Summit at the London Olympia, alongside keynote speakers such as John Gray and Dave Asprey. She has been interviewed as a panel guest at EWD's inaugural Big Vision Conference And in this episode, Rebecca shares her journey towards touch and cuddle therapy, as well as how ignoring the noise or negative feedback from others can truly help you stay focused on your vision. So without further ado, I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. Let's get straight into it. Hey, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me on the Purposeful Mindset podcast. I am super grateful to have you on the show. I know that we recently connected. I know that I found what you're doing super interesting, curious, and a bit weird when I first connected. But I wanted to meet you in person just to find out what is this all about? What is it that you're doing today? What is cuddles therapy? And what's, how did this all start? But I want to take it further back. And I want you to start off by just introducing yourself and I really want you to come kind of share with everyone your story so far of where you were as a child to where you are today building this and building and running this cuddle therapy company. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Sadiq, for inv- inviting me to your podcast. Um, it was lovely to connect to you. Was it last week or just a couple of weeks ago? Week, it feels yeah. like we it feels like we've known each other longer, but I anyway. Know, I know. <laughs> And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously happy to share my journey and hopefully that will inspire some other people to follow their own dreams and, and realizing that it's sometimes just a couple of actions for, uh, far away, uh, the dreams that we should follow and, and we might go to the right path in our lives. Um, so I actually born in Finland, so I'm not a British citizen. I, I Grew up in Helsinki um, for the first 22 years of my life. And when I was 23, which is three years ago, I moved to London. And um, so how did I get my idea with cuddle therapy, (laughs) which is to do with touch? And what you might already realize that we are living in the northern part of the world, which is quite touch-reserved at some times. And not only that, but people have all sort of misconceptions and associations when it comes to touch. So my family was very loving and caring and safe, but we neither didn't have too much touch when I was younger. And I think that was part of the reason why I got interested in the first place. I personally wanted to become more comfortable with touch. And soon after, I also realized 
my brother married to an Ecuadorian lady. And when she joined our family, I was incredibly inspired to see how the hugs and, and care that she shared with us was so in touch with emotional intelligence. So I realized that perhaps if I become more comfortable with touch, I might also be more in touch with my own emotions and be better at communicating my needs uh, to other people. So that was a starting point. Um, I, I actually studied uh, first economics in Finland and then fashion management marketing in the UK. And the first year of my studies in the UK, I, I was doing a side business and I started, got into this touch thing. I started reading more and reading. And then one day I just got this light bulb moment. <laughs> and I, I, I think I read it somewhere that there is a thing called cuddle therapy in the US. And I was like, like just brilliant. I was, that, that's it. Like, it's just, that's what we need. We need safe caring, platonic touch more in our lives. Like it used to be part of us, what we are as human beings. So that was the changing moment. And since that day, I started progressively taking right steps toward the direction of how to build an organization um, and, and a place where you can get your touch needs met in a safe, uh, a protected uh, and consent way. So now it's been about two and a half years. Uh, the company, so currently we have... 13 active therapists. We have more than 100 people who are signed up to our training program. Um, I mean, yeah, I think things are looking bright. And, and I absolutely love also the research aspect of the business. So I feel like I'm actually doing something that might have a positive impact on, on the lives of other people. Definitely. And oh, that's awesome. always my number one reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I, I, it shall never change. I, I hope so. <laughs> so that's it as a, as a summary. That's so inspiring. That's, I love that you said like that's the, that's the reason why you're doing it. Because I think when mm -hmm. I look at any brands, any companies or any one that I associate myself with, sure. I always, I, first of all, I have to resonate with their energy, with their purpose mm -hmm. and, and what, why they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, for you, when I connected and you shared with me your purpose and your dreams and, and why you're doing this, it, it was just so authentic and vulnerable and just so real. And, and mm -hmm. you can feel that from you. You came across as such, just a genuine person because sometimes I've met people in my life where you can tell they're only doing things to make money, right? I'm sure you've um, encountered these people as well. They've yeah, only, they're only building a business or a company or they're just their personal brand or whatever, but mm -hmm. everything they're doing it's not, you can tell, you can feel when mm. someone's not being authentic. You can tell mm. there's a, they're expecting something from others in return. So I yes. want to kind of ask you, how, how did you manage to become so like vulnerable to, to be so open with others? Because that's something I know yeah. you, that you have um, within your skills. Sure. So how can someone listening now find more like vulnerability in their life? Th thank you for the question, Sadiq. I think that's a very important and excellent question. Uh, coming back to the point where I said that how touch and emotions are actually interconnected, that's what happened with me too. The more I started actually including touch in my life, I realized that it's, it's, all of, it's almost like when we are kinder to ourselves, we are able to, to start um, talking and, and spreading the message from ourselves from from inwards to outwards without any necessary fear wrapped around it. Mm -hmm. So when I, for example, speak, whatever I, I speak and, and I share my thoughts that are, are in my mind, I'm actually coming from a place of authenticity for the reason that I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid to share what I feel or what I think. Were and, you and, 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 and the why, did you say why is that? No, so I said, the, 
Now, mm-hmm. just to cut you, just to cut in, like, yeah. were, were you were you afraid before, or is that something you, you that's changed in your life? I, I think human beings will always have so, so some degree of fear in yeah, in, of in their actions and behaviors. But yes, it has dissipated. It's it, it has become less, okay. and and the reason for that, I think, is partly when when I have allowed myself to 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 I have accepted me as who I am. And, and the other thing is that I've realized that what really matters in this life is, is the opinion of people who I care about. So as long as I am happy with myself and let's say the five to 10 people who I care about, my family, my closest friends, if they are uh, happy uh, uh, and, and they care about me and, and they accept me, that's all I need. Everything else is either noise or it's a plus, you know, mm-hmm. to my, and, and you have to be careful what what do you sh- yeah what do you like what do you let, let let come to you and what do you spread out and so yeah I think it's kind of an energy sorry to use this word but it's just to be careful what is the energy you you let into your own inner circle your inner uh, surrounding and and that will then uh, also channel what is the output you give to others so when that is healthy and and loving and compassionate and accepting accepting the energy that you have and the thoughts that you have in your mind and the feelings it's easy to be vulnerable it's easy to be authentic because that's what you feel that's your experience and so that's how I say it (laughs) so my next question is now how does someone surround themselves with the right people because that's something a lot of people struggle with they don't know where to find the right because they may they may be stuck in like a negative environment for example I know a lot of people the biggest thing for them, like like it was for me, was their family. Like their family mm-hmm. are the ones that are stopping them from, mm-hmm. from going after their dreams because they've got negativity mm-hmm. from their parents mm-hmm. or their siblings saying, you need to study hard, get a job and go on and basically go and make money from a job and not, don't mm-hmm. do any of your passions. This is all silly. This is all, mm-hmm. uh, you're never going to make money from that. You're never going to do anything with that. Just mm-hmm. focus on your education, education. So how can someone actually find good people to be surrounded with? Mm-hmm. It's an excellent question. I, and I love the fact that you mentioned about family, that sometimes we might come from families where we obviously we love these people, mm. but it doesn't mean that there, there couldn't be some toxic behavior involved in the relationships. And how, when I dictate of people who I, who I see that could be part of my life, especially of my uh, closest circles, I always use first my gut feeling. So what do I feel about this person? Mm. How do I literally feel when I'm in their presence? What, are, what, what do their words uh, make, make, uh, make reality in my mind? Or how, how, do, how do that interaction makes me really feel? So I do use a lot of gut feeling or intuition, in other words. Um, but obviously, you can also find people by going to places where, where your values could be met. As an example, if you love reading, why not joining a book club? Or, or if you like hiking, why don't you go for some, I don't know, group hike? And you might be people who share similar priorities and values in their lives. <laughs> I totally agree. And you know, you said something that literally reminded me of something that I told a very close friend of mine recently was, mm-hmm. you know, she was going through a lot of um, kind of, I guess, traumatic past experiences and, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of things from her past holding her back. And mm-hmm. I just shared with her, like, look, I just mm-hmm. said to her, why don't you, you live in London, you live in one of the mm-hmm. best cities in the world where there's so much happening, there's so many opportunities, so mm-hmm. many events. Why don't you just go to an event in something that you're mm-hmm. passionate about? Just like mm-hmm. you said, how to join a book club, if you, could have, if you, if you like reading, Amazing. go hiking. Mm-hmm. She, she, you know, she loved dancing and she loved doing mm-hmm. um, 
other things of that. Like she's a very active, fit type yeah. of person. So I said, why don't you just go and join an exercise class or a yoga class? Did she class? go? She went. And oh, literally, amazing. this is why I'm sharing this. She yeah, yeah, went, yeah. she actually went to, um, believe it or not, she went to like a mindfulness, a free mm-hmm. taster session of mindfulness um, mm. in, in like a Buddhist temple. And she just went to try it out because it's just something she's never tried. So I said, after I gave, I gave her that little motivation, she went, she actually found, like she called me later on after the same day. And she's like, mm. Sadiq, I'm so happy that you told me and you motivated me to go and push me to go out of my mm. comfort zone. Because I went so to the thing, I've mm. met amazing people. Mm. I've also connected deeper to myself and I actually know what I want to do in my life. Mm. After mm. one event, yeah 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 really really beautiful and what I love about that is again like sometimes it's just a little one small step that once we across that there might be something completely new to experience something that we wouldn't have even imagined if we if that fear wouldn't have hold us back or if that inaction wouldn't have hold us back etc so a great advice Uh, great for good for being a great friend (laughs) yeah thank you so um so this is why like I I kind of do what I'm doing as well is because like I kind of I think networking is so important I'm sure you'd agree like if we don't connect ourselves with the right people then we are going to at one point we are going to get stuck right we're going to feel a bit lonely we're going to feel a bit scared we're going to go back into the comfort zone so mm. for the people listening right now, how does someone that's feeling a bit lonely and stuck in their life right now, it's, it's a brand new year at the mm. time of this recording. So mm. how can someone feel a little unstuck and, and start to take those first few little steps, as you said? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it comes back to the point of just putting yourself out there. But actually, so let's say when you are in that event or in that conference, when you, you can just, when you enter there, you can evaluate, look at the people. And if you see someone who looks approachable, they're like smiling there already. You can feel that there's a good energy coming out of them. Why not just going and, and starting a chat? You can tell, you don't have to, if you feel like it's too intimidating, you, you might talk something about the event itself like look I came here to listen to this and this person do you know him or maybe I'm interested in this topic whether 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 it's mindfulness or meditation or neuroscience whatever is is your main interest and and start creating a conversation around that Um, but I think the the only only at least in my opinion sometimes the most efficient way to reach new outcomes is to push ourselves through those fears the real change happens on the other side of the fear. Um, and, and for that reason, we have to push ourselves, obviously gently, as I said, nothing too overwhelming, but just going to that event, speaking to that person, telling someone that you, you like them and you like their energy and you'd like to spend more time with them, etc. So Powerful. No, I love that. It's so true. I think what you said is spot on about the energy, especially mm. like our intuition and gut feeling literally mm. plays a massive role in that. When we, mm. when we can feel, like I remember when we first met for right? Like it was literally just instantly straight into the deep end. Like not even, hi Sadiq, how's life? How's it been? <laughs> Nothing, just literally. It was great. It was literally thing. like, so what is your purpose of life? Literally <laughs> <laughs> straight in like Sadiq, what's your life? What's your purpose? Why are you doing it? I agree. Um, and I think that's, that's all energy. It genuinely, it is. I believe. It is. Um, the only reason why people like us can instantly connect like that mm-hmm. number one we both are really ambitious so mm-hmm. we really want to do something we're doing stuff in our life mm-hmm. we're constantly keeping action active mm-hmm. and number two we have a purpose you know mm-hmm. we've or, or we found our purpose is how I mm-hmm. like to say and one of the reasons why I started this podcast was I wanted to help 
people listen to conversations mm. that I have with my friends mm. so they can actually tune into kind of like my mindset, my brain to learn yeah. from how does Sadiq think? How does the yeah. people that he's bringing as guests, how do they think? Why do they connect with him? Why do yeah. they agree to be on his podcast? And mm. that's why I love meeting mm. people and networking because I just know everybody had a, has a story. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I think I, in everyone's story. Yeah, I, I think you you're absolutely right. That it's great. Like it's a great way to to enter somebody else's mind and mindset and see how they see the world and live their lives. Mm-hmm. Also, what I love love what you just mentioned about the purpose. Um, I can't remember who said that, but it's been said that there are two born like uh, births in our lives. First is the natural biological birth, but then the next part is when you realize why. Why are you here? Why were you give, uh, being given birth? So yeah, um, I hope that everybody that. finds finds that second reason for, for their existence. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, because it's only the second one that really matters. Right? The first day you're born, we have no, we have no, we're not in control mm-hmm. of that, right? We're just born, parents mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. Fun, and, and we were born. But yeah. for us, it's, now it's about like, what do you really want to do? And it's about going deep, right? Like, and I, and yeah. so, I know some people find it uncomfortable um, to go deep into their life, to introspect, to reflect on like, why are they really here? Like, yeah. why, why are they going to their work? Why are they going to university? Why are they going to college? Why are they studying right now? Why are they, why did they choose a, you know, a specific subject? For you, I know you love science, right? You told me that you love science. Talk to me a little bit about that. Where did that kind of stem from? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a good question. Like, why is somebody interested in something? I mean, my my dad is a computer scientist. Like, well, I mean, sorry, he's an IT architect. So he's always been interested in sciences in general. Mm-hmm. And also are my brothers. They are all in STEM subject. Like, they all work in science to in, other, in one form or another. So I think in my case, it literally comes from family. Okay. And and the, the the first kind of a touch point with the with the subject or the in, uh, field I think, uh, but then I think also we our interests will be developed as much as we put something into it. So let's say if I read every day, I read a scientific book or an article, or I I I read the newsletter of neuroscience news every evening. That's already a habit that I'm creating on a daily basis, meaning that my 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 thoughts and my um, uh, observations will be around that topic to a certain degree. Hence, my interest can easily increase. I think it's sometimes as simple as that. The same thing, you, you, you work at regularly, don't you? Yeah. So I'm sure that it must have become something that you wouldn't like to live without anymore. Am I right? hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I think, and you're right, spot on. Like mm-hmm. we have to, when we create habits, like you mm-hmm. said, rightly so, the habits in our life make mm-hmm. a massive impact mm-hmm. or, or difference in mm-hmm. our daily routine and how we are living our life on a daily basis mm-hmm. like you said I can't live if a, a week now without at least working out three or four mm-hmm. times a, 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 in a week I'm yeah, gonna feel yeah. a bit sluggish I feel a bit slow I feel a bit Absolutely. like man I feel like fat because I've, been, I've eaten too much um, yeah yeah you no know, fast food related. And, and, and you just feel like I need to go I need to go for a run you know something mm-hmm. I need to keep active mm-hmm. um, and also you- I think it's important that when we when we don't feel like doing something, that's when mm. we have to make ourselves do it. That's mm. actually where real growth happens. Mm, mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, this, yeah you know, this is actually something we discussed last time when we met, is exactly sometimes you have to experience something un- uncomfortable in order to reach something else or something bigger or something that you wanted. Sometimes it's just part of the, the, the process. Um, but coming back to your question about why do I like science, I wanted to add one perspective 
I think one of or the, or the main reason why I'm actually interested in this is because it it explains me life around me. It explains me it, it kind of um it gives me one perspective to the reason why I'm here. Mm. And one of the purposes that I have is actually to help people through the work that I do, which is to help people to be more in touch with this self, feel more safe in their own bodies through touch, through safe connection. And um, obviously, when we bring the science aspect to that, it just goes a little bit deeper so that it, it can widen your understanding. And then you might connect some dots that you wouldn't have done earlier. So you're kind of um, uh, in, in a very innovative space all the time. That's so powerful. I agree. I think sometimes we do have to, like I said earlier, like go a bit deeper. Like we always have the, someone always will give us an answer or we'll find a certain answer in our life. Mm-hmm. But that's just like on the, t- on the tipping point, you know. I made a video literally today at the time of this podcast mm-hmm. talking about, and I, you know, I, I drew out like an iceberg. And on top mm-hmm. of the iceberg was like the practices that we do in our life. And below it were the principles, the values mm-hmm. and um, the, our purpose. And, and I think those three things in our life we have to focus on the most if we truly want to, like you said, get in touch with ourselves, you know, know who we are. Because only when we know who we truly are can we gain more confidence and we stop caring about other people's opinions. And Absolutely. when we truly find purpose and meaning to just go out into the world and do something that we love. But something I also remember you, you were telling me um, when we met was mm. that you also, so after you started your, 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 your couples therapy company, mm. um, were there like, share with everyone the challenges that you went through. I, I really want you to go dive deep into that because that's really where people learn a lot from. Share with Absolutely. me what were the struggles of starting. Sure, that sure, was, that sure. Was super interesting. Yeah, the reason why I'm, I'm smiling already is because I think building a business is never easy, like, and it's never going to be easy. It doesn't matter if you raise big amount of funds or if you're just doing it alone. It doesn't matter. There, it, it's all about problem solving and every day with new, new issues that you also have to have a creative approach to in order to find the best solution. So it's a lot to do with trial and error in everything. <laughs> so you might have to do certain tasks, you try one strategy, maybe it doesn't work, and you have to pivot, you go with another one. And by doing those little pivots, you later on will or, or start creating systems, which might then be more prominent, like later on, and you don't have to do that trial and error anymore too much. But coming back to the main question, which was, uh, what were the challenges in the beginning? And you might already guess that when I use the word cuddle therapy <laughs> like if you speak that to let's say if there's like a crowd of 200 people and I was like hey I run a cuddle therapy company what do you think is the response <laughs> from people <laughs> like at least there's gonna be lots of question marks and yeah. and and that's fine and I mean that's why I do a lot of public speaking and 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 talks because I'm I'm more than happy to explain what it is because hey this is what I do it, it's it's my passion but definitely in the beginning I did struggle a little bit especially coming from fashion industry because I did that for quite a few years I really did have to eat my own ego and and realize that hey not everybody's gonna love me not everybody's gonna love my idea no matter what I say no matter what I do they're just not going to understand it and in the beginning I had a friend who I lost through that 
misconcept um, through that event when when the person was doubting that what I was doing and didn't help when I explained it in a very detailed manner like hey it's nothing weird like you know it's actually like safe motherly cuddling and they were still not understanding it and and then I realized that okay fine again there's nothing I can do there's nothing I can change all that I can do is to re-channel my energy into something positive it's me to put my focus on people who believe in me because I'm not going to change my road. I'm not going to do anything else. So what I can do is to put my focus on people who are going to support me, who believe in me. And I remember reading uh, this book. It's called uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh, my yeah. language. Uh, it's by, <laughs> by Mark Manson. And um, yeah, it, it was a changing moment in my life, 100%. And I, that's when I realize that I'm going to put all the negative words and thoughts that I hear from people just to my backbone. I never feel that. I never look at that. And, 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 but, but I want to be clear here again, like, obviously we need feedback in our lives hmm. and it doesn't like, I'm not going to hear anybody it doesn't work either. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. that's how we relate with each other. We have to listen to people, but again, as an intelligent person, as you are, as, as people are in general, we can dictate and separate a noise from a, from an actual uh, constructive feedback. Um, so that was the definitely, definitely a challenging in the beginning. Not anymore. I've noticed that I, now I actually enjoy um, <laughs> when I can, um, because the thing is maybe probably my own understanding and knowledge is a lot deeper. So it's actually quite enjoyable to open people's eyes. I'm like, hey, did you know, by the way, that actually this could be very healthy for you because A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then people are like, what? I'm like, yes, that's true. <laughs> so yeah. that part I do enjoy. Um, other challenges, I was 23 years old at the time I was doing uni. I was, I had just moved to UK from Finland alone, like a year ago, I was doing part-time job. So it was, you know, my whole life changed. I didn't have the support system that I used to have back in home. So that was also like everything was, I was doing on my own and I actually got a mentor on board. I was sending daily reports for about four or six months for someone, which really helped me to keep things on track. So I just realized that I have to be super organized in order to keep things moving. And I have to have get clear goals, short term and long term, and then monitor my progress on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, etc. So I think it, it, it was the fear aspect that was the biggest challenge in the beginning. How things are going to end up? Is this going to fail like within the next two months? Yeah. Am, I, am I able to quit my studies and keep pursuing that I, the path that I've chosen, which I was able, I'm really grateful for that. Well <laughs> um, this kind of stuff. That's amazing. No, I love that. I love the drive that you had. And uh, I love the, the, persi- the, the perseverance and the resilience mm-hmm. that you had to just keep going. I think, mm-hmm. like you said, two of the things that I resonated with that you just mentioned was mm-hmm. number one, the mentorship. I think mm-hmm. it's really important to, and it doesn't have to be like a physical person. I always tell people it can be yeah. like an online person that you're following 100%. That, 100%. You, that you just take on board as your mentor, because to be honest, a mentor is just someone in my, in my own kind mm. of definition, mm. is someone that you look up to as a role model to mm. learn from their wisdom, to learn from their experience, mm. but not because you want to be like them, but just mm-hmm. because you want to take the best parts of them and add it into the best version of yourself. Mm. That's Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have and, so and, many mentors, like I tell people, like all the people that I, I follow online, that I learn from on a daily basis, the content that I consume daily mm. from my social media... All of mm. these people, or very kind of a handful mm. of them, are all my mentors because mm. I learn different things from each one of them because they all have 
a different uh, a different perspective and a different take on life and and mindset etc absolutely 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 and, and also for anybody who's listening to this and they're thinking of taking a mentor on board i also think there are so many different options and variations what to go around with for example your style sounds like that you have lots of people that you have different types of advice depending on the person mm. in my case i had only one person but the feedback went in a way so i actually did a daily report every single day i wrote down email where I put like what I've done, what are my goals for the next day, what is my goal for the week and for the next six months and 12 months. And then I did that every day. And every end of the week, we had like an email exchange, uh, just one email, a feedback from, from my mentor where he might say like, great, this looks good. Keep doing that. Or like mm. keep up the good. It was actually more motivating yeah. <laughs> than telling me what to exactly to, to do. But that was the key. I'm telling you, it was the motivation, someone to actually yep. kind of look after you. Yes, and believe in you, like I say, hey, you're on the right track, just keep going. And when you feel down, they can just get up and keep going. <laughs> so that, at least in my case, that's what I needed at the time. And also, I did the same. So when, about about five years ago, when I started my online business, when I was doing that and I was part of a company yeah. and, I was part, and I had mentorship there, that time I was exactly like you. I had, a one, I had one mentor and we had to send this thing called like 108, which was basically like, it was like every single day, For 108 weeks, we had to send what we did, what we did today, what did we learn from yesterday, and what are our like to-do list or what are our goals for tomorrow. Interesting. To Sounds share, very similar. I had to share that with my mentor, that that was one mentor that I had at the time. And I always remember like it's so hard to keep on track because I'm sure I'm sure you experienced it as well. It's so <laughs> yeah, hard because I always want to like because obviously you have to do like day one, 108 of day one, and then 108 day two, 108 day three. So I always used to go up to like, I don't know, 108.35. And on the 36th day, I'm like, shit, I forgot to send you the one away last night. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, then, and, and the punishment was we had to start again. Oh my, wow. Okay, so that's been quite hard. one again. <laughs> yeah. It was basically no, I, creating a habit and you create, it, was, mm. it was in a way indirectly for you to create mm. a habit for you mm. to stay consistent, keep to your word mm. and... Just make sure you're doing what you're saying and not, don't fake it. Don't, don't pretend yeah, like yeah. you did something that, you, that you're not. Absolutely. absolutely. I think, I, I mean, I also have memories when I was maybe spending time with a friend in the evening and then I was like, oh no, I have to do my daily report. Yeah. And then I'm like, just, just hold on there. I take my laptop and I start writing for the next 30 minutes, just like what I can do today, what I'm going to do tomorrow. And I was like, okay, are you, like, that's a little bit crazy. I'm like, no, it's just what I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm very glad that I did that because it also gives a little bit of backbone. You learn like, In order to get something, you have to follow through. You have to show up. <laughs> Love that. At least a certain time of period. So you, you learn what it takes. Um, That's so true. Uh, At the end of the day, it's just like a habit. It's, it's a habit. It's a habit, yeah, that, we a habit. Have to, that we need someone external to mm. come and push us sometimes until mm. the day comes when, when we actually realize we don't actually need this push anymore. We found true. some kind of a drive within. Like I have, now, I have no mentors Good now. Point. No I have nobody like physically right now, yep. one person yep. telling yep. me like what I need to do tomorrow or the next day or what I've learned. Nothing. It's just because mm. I know my purpose. I know my dreams. I know my goals. I know what I want, like really mm. clear. Now mm. it's just me going and taking those daily action steps mm. every day. Mm. Um, and I don't kind of, I never beat myself up. Have you ever come yeah. across a stage where you feel like um, you haven't done enough th like today that you feel like you've wasted a day and you start saying, oh man, I suck. I'm, I'm useless. I'm, why am I so like terrible? Why am I not like following through my goals? How am I ever going to achieve this if I'm not even doing anything? 
Like, why am I wasting time watching television and going to the movies when I haven't even done what I need to do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, yeah, I love, I love the fact that you're actually bringing this point to, to the spotlight <laughs> because I think that's actually, I mean, we all have our weaknesses and I think one of my weaknesses is actually that is, is to sometimes to be a little bit too demanding for myself and, and that itself it's like, it's still fine. But the issue is like when we're demanding on ourselves, we typically are demanding for other people too. Yeah. Because what we believe is true about ourselves, we oftentimes reflect that to other people. That's why they say that if you don't love yourself, it's difficult, difficult to love anybody else. Mm-hmm. So meaning like, I mean, at, on one hand, it has actually helped me to get where I am in my life. And I have been able to do all sort of stuff that I love to do. And I'm very grateful for that. But on the other hand, it might have brought, um, bring me like um, unnecessary stress because it, n- nothing is never enough. <laughs> like once you have actually reached one goal, you're like, no, no, but I have the next one. Yeah. And then you're like, did I even celebrate this one? Because you're already going to the next one. Um, so I, I think that could be more of a personal trait that is obviously could be outcome of something, something um, I don't know, from childhood or maybe it's a pattern that I've learned. Uh, typically, there are obviously deeper layers and reasons why we act in the way we act. But definitely, I can relate to this particular uh, uh, aspect. I love that. No, so it's so powerful, the fact that mm. like, we all go through certain things in our life. Mm. And like I always tell people, we don't, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So rather mm-hmm. just rather just focus your life and your attention on on living in the moment. Yeah. As much as like we love writing our goals down, as much yeah. as you know, one of the questions I really hate when people ask me when I'm doing like a, on, on stage or something at, at the end Q and A, and people will no. say, "Where do you see yourself in five years? Or where do you see yourself in ten years?" I'm yeah, like, it's yeah. a terrible question because I don't really know. Yes, yeah. I have my goals. Yes, I know where I, I would like to be, mm-hmm. but I don't even know if I'm going to be alive tomorrow, let alone yeah. ten years from yeah. now. It's I like of, it. It's kind of mm-hmm. deep. It's kind of like some people find it silly, but I don't. I think it's. I think it's genuine and it's real. Mm-hmm. Because at the end no. of the day, we mm-hmm. only live life every single day yes. in the moment. Being mindful of who, yeah. what we're doing today, right now, my yeah. attention is a hundred percent on Rebecca. We're we're doing this mm-hmm. conversation, and mm-hmm. I'm not worried about what's happening around me. I'm super Absolutely. focused on just Absolutely. giving people the most value out of this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, and I think especially probably in our case, because I think we both, I, I assume that we both have already thought like where we are in five years, like more yeah, or less. 100%. So it's something, yeah, it's something that I know already the re- direction where I'm going. So why should I focus on that? Mm-hmm. So I think like maybe probably in this case, the p- person on, in the audience, they might not have actually, they might be a little bit lost and they don't know like how to, how to get to that, how to get there where you have an image where you could be. But I a hundred percent agree with you that this moment is only that exists. We don't have the past anymore. We don't have the future. It's just right now, right here, <laughs> which is powerful in a way, if we think about it, when we are always ruminating in the past or thinking in the future. I mean, obviously, again, it's part of human nature, but it's just good to be aware of. And, and sometimes how that unhappiness that people have might come from the rumination. Mm. Many people don't know that the thoughts that you think will actually change the, 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 uh, hormonal, the hormone, hormones and biochemical in your body. So if I think about negative um, thoughts all the time, my biochemistry will change into releasing more cortisol, which is a stress hormone, into my body. And the other thing is, if we, if we are grateful 
and we say out loud grateful things. Maybe I tell, tell to you, Sadiq, that I'm very grateful that you invited me to your podcast and, and you appreciate my outlook on life because you wanted to have me here part of this, of this experience. That will already release good chemicals such as oxytocin and other happy hormones in my body to re-accelerate the feelings of gratefulness and happiness and joy in my life. Sometimes it's as simple as that, mm. but we might forget and we might even know how to uh, um, practice that in our lives and reinforce uh, the feelings and moods and state of minds where we want to be uh, ourselves. So powerful. And I, and I love the fact that you're talking about gratitude because I think mm. the people that I know today, when I think really closer now, all the people in my life right now that I know are, you know, have some kind of a grateful mindset, they are always the people, even if they're not making the most amount of money, even mm. though they're not the most successful people that I know, even they, mm. even though, you know, I know they probably have struggles mm. and challenges and obstacles in their life right this moment. Mm. Those are actually the people that you can truly feel that real energy, that real heart and that real happiness from because they live their life in the, yes. pres- the present moment and they're grateful yes. for even they're the actually challenges. Grateful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. And also, I'm sure that you can also relate to the feeling that you actually feel good with them because that radiates. Yeah, that radiates to you. And you're like, wow, I actually love to be around with this person. <laughs> I want more out of this energy. Exactly. So thank yeah, so thank you for these people for, for being real and, and for being happy with, with what you already have and realizing that sometimes the goals in life might be a lot simpler. Like the things that actually makes us happy are a lot simpler than having one million pound on the bank account, bank account or having this certain type of status or title where you want. It might be the friends and family and, and all the other little things, things that you experience in your daily lives. So I love that. Yeah, so true. No, that's, I think gratitude truly can... Like I heard a quote once by, I think it was Lewis Howes, when he, where he said in one of his videos that um, gratitude is the antidote to life. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, I love that. And I started using yeah. it on all my videos. I started sharing with everyone. Gratitude is yeah. the antidote. And it's such an amazing way to look at life. Like if it, we, is, it is. Just be, if we can all just repeat five things every mm-hmm. single morning on what we're grateful for, mm-hmm. we can just be grateful for waking up and having another day to live. That yeah. can be waking up and walking because you have two legs. Yeah. You know, other yeah. people in the world don't. Right? Yeah, it's just absolutely. The most, even the most like... Simple, smallest, smallest things. Thing, people yeah. think, how do I be more grateful? What do I need to say? How do I find mm-hmm. gratitude? Mm-hmm. You have gratitude. Like right now you're alive. That's in itself is gratitude. <laughs> you know, Indeed. But, Indeed. but people think it's like a secret. It's a potion. It's the antidote. Yeah. Where do I find it? How can I buy yeah. it and drink it? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Right? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And exactly what you said, it's always like, if I had this thing, if I had that, that's when I would be happy. That's when I would be content. But we already know that that moment is never going to (laughs) come. Only thing we can change is this moment and changing our mindset and being happy and positive. Um, It's funny, as you mentioned about like actually doing the gratitude practice in the morning, I do the same. I mean, being honest, not every morning because I don't actually remember, but actually I have a stamp next to my bed where it says, um, where I've actually written down the things that I am the most grateful about right now. It might change, but um, yeah, I always do look at that list because just to, just to <laughs> be aware and not to forget. Yeah, it's just, it's just a daily reminder. Like the it way is. I do it is when I'm, when I'm walking to work in the morning, when I'm yeah. heading to the tube station, that is when I actually repeat it in myself, in my head, 
um, I repeat them every single day. And I, and I, I, I take it so extreme, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm, I'm grateful for my eyebrows. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful <laughs> for my nose, my mouth, my teeth. I love that. <laughs> the smallest things, because I know yeah. through experiencing 27 years of my life right now, mm-hmm. I've seen and I've known people mm-hmm. that don't mm-hmm. have eyes, that don't have ears, that don't have yes. mouth, yes. That, you know, yes. no, that don't have... Um, the the, uh, the the things that I have in my life, you know, just mm, absolutely, that I take for granted, like water. Absolutely, I, I think I, exactly it's that point. What we take for granted, and there are always people who are a lot more less fortunate than you are, and that is obviously sad. I'm not saying that we should think of it in 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 regards to just compare. Uh, it's obviously a really really sad fact that there are people who are a lot more uh, less fortunate. But that, if something, should make us realize that where we put our focus on, what are the things we value and we appreciate and we put our, um, uh, to the list of priorities. So. so true. I love this conversation. It's so amazing. I'm, I'm already getting like yeah. super hyped and excited about it. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> so something I want you to share with everyone now, which yeah. I genuinely, I forgot about at the beginning actually, is about your TEDx. Okay. Oh. So for the people listening, Rebecca, Rebecca's first ever public speaking gig was a TEDx. And I found that super, super inspiring. I think after watching it, I think she did amazing for someone that's never spoken on stage. And for the first time, you literally had such an amazing structure. The way you you spoke on the heart, the the authenticity you gave, the vulnerability you you, you shared with the crowd was super amazing. So well done on the TEDx talk. But I tell everyone... The, the 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 you know tell everyone the story like how how did that happen how did how did you get that TEDx and and what sure. the, the emotions you were going through sure definitely um so how did I got there so my co-founder uh, Ryan who was the co-founder of Naughty Cuddle the company that I run uh, he did his masters in creative writing and he also writes quite a lot um, himself so he's very very uh, talented writer himself. And he told me that, why aren't you actually speaking more? Because you, you like speaking and you have all sorts of stuff to, to say. And, and then he was like, I think we should get you to TEDx talk. And I was like, well, TEDx, I mean, I've heard about it. And obviously I watched loads of videos because it is an inspiring platform. But I didn't really see myself there. Like I was like, how do I get there? Like I have, I don't ha- I have no speaking experience at the time. Now I have plenty, but at the time I didn't have any. And... Um, he literally just did his research, which he always does. And he came with a list of, of events that we could apply, send a pitch, like just, you know, PDF and where we explain that who I am, what's my background, what is my story? So what is this idea that I want to share with the world? And so we did that and we got responses from a couple of events and I ended up going with TEDxOS. It was actually TEDxOS 2019, so it was last April. Since then, I've actually been speaking quite um, um, on, an, on an ongoing basis, which, which I'm really grateful about as well. Um, but the experience itself was absolutely amazing. Um, I did rehearse a lot, if I'm being honest, maybe even hundreds of hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> bear in mind, English is not my native language. Exactly. So I, I was, it was already scary. I mean, to imagine speaking in Finnish for people. But English is something that I have to still put more focus on when I, when I speak. So, so then my co-founder, luckily, came to help me. And together, we structured a speech where I, I gave the content. So I had the list of stuff that I want to talk about. But together, we 
it went into a little nice story. So if you there, there, there are lots of examples online where you can see where they tell what is the type of a structure in a story that is captivating and keeps people's interest. Mm-hmm. So there has to be like high points and then maybe low point and then again, high point and low point, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, so when it comes to actual perform- performance, I did a lot of grounding and um, self-calming, um, like calming myself down right before the performance. So I actually, I remember <laughs> I found a room at the basement of the university where that was held. And I just went there alone and I was literally just centering myself and doing some <laughs> Kung Fu. <laughs> I literally did. And um, yeah, and I was meditating and stuff. And I felt so calm afterwards. Like I was like, I'm ready. I'm actually now ready to go there and speak, which I felt. And then I did and it, it went pretty well. So um, I think in order for anybody who is interested in going to do their own speech or talk, just do it. And, and, and if you are afraid, rehearse, practice. That's what I did. And, and right before the, the start of the event, you, you're going to feel a lot more calmer. Yeah. Although you and me, we actually discussed about that last time. You said that you never practice. So I think people have different approaches to it. Yeah. Uh, but that was my approach and it helped me. <laughs> I think the, the, nerv- the nervous feeling and that those butterflies in the stomach, that feeling everybody has. I get it. Yes, everybody I agree. Has, no matter how confident you are, don't, I don't care. Like everybody I agree. has that, that feeling where you just, just before you start and you go out on the stage, mm-hmm. you're already like something's rumbling inside and you're thinking, oh crap, like this is getting a bit scary now. But yeah. like I said, I think the, the, the hardest part is just to start. After you start and you get into the flow of things, the rest mm-hmm. is like you're super into it. You don't care about anyone else. You're just like talking about what you're passionate about. And at the end of the day, something, uh, a quote, I can't remember who says this, but one of the, I think it's Maya Angelou that says, it doesn't matter um, what you say to people. It doesn't matter what, how, you know, how you, how you teach them things, what you say to them. They don't remember anything apart from the way that you make them feel. No, absolutely. It's, I think that, mm, mm. No, I mean, I, I loved what you just said because I think when, whenever I'm speaking, I'm actually, it, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. I, it's not about me anymore. It's about just the message, the message here that I'm, I am channeling through, to the audience. So I'm just like a, a, like a middleman. <laughs> to 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 deliver this message to people so that's how i experience it and that's probably why i find it so very rewarding Mm. um um, so yeah 100 percent can can relate to to your experiences as well love that so amazing okay so we're coming up to the end now rebecca so i am gonna ask you the final four questions that i have specifically for you the first question and the rest of the three questions i ask every guest because i'm really curious to know these the, their answers for these questions so the first sure. question i want to ask you rebecca is what is your favorite way to detach yourself from the outside world wow interesting question i have different methods i would say um okay first of all can i just get a clarification what do you mean by outside world can it be a world of my own is it like something that i it's just my world where i go into yeah basically how do you just basically switch off from everything Fine. that's going on in your life where you can just go and just be yourself sure. relax, okay. sure. so my number one method is to put my head my construction works they look like construction headsets i put them on and i put a book uh, from audible that i'm listening at the time and i go for a long long walk it can last for from one hour to two hours even three hours and i'm just walking walking and listening and i i see how views views just go past and i'm in that 
different kind of a zone, probably because my body is releasing endorphins because of the exercise. But at the same time, my focus is on the message that I'm listening from the book. Absolutely love it. I Sometimes I might do it that I just go for a walk and I might listen to music. That's another way. Obviously, music is a great way to, to go to another world. And I'm sure many other people can relate to that as well. And the method number two is that I'm, I'm quite interested in astronomy and astrophysics and all that happens in the universe and the outer hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So I read and watch uh, loads of space-related documentaries and books. Um, it helps. I love it's like literally going to another world because you can get perspective into uh, to your own problems and situations in your life, and you realize that actually what what does all really matter and what is the perspective in the scale of of an actual universe. <laughs> so it 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 really gives me feeling of calm. It it does calm me down a lot. So these two uh, methods are my way to relax. Okay, that's super cool. And and I know that since we met, you told me one thing that I didn't forget was that you love reading. So the fact that you love oh, yes. reading and now you put your <laughs> headphones in and you love listening to the book. That's like oh, yeah. put two and two together. You basically are a, like literally you like a book lover, right? I am. I am 100%. Like if you ever or anybody else want to buy me a gift, just send me Kindle books, Audible books, physical I'm books. I'm just going to send you a ticket. I'm just going to send you, I'm just going to send you a ticket to the world's famous best library in the world. Wow, sounds amazing. <laughs> you can just, just go there, go to sleep. Like, just, just literally me, me my, the books. I would literally like create a little uh, cabin for myself where I live in the books with the book in hand. Absolutely love it. I can imagine like, a book television there just to pretend like <laughs> you're watching television while you're reading the books there. I would love that. <laughs> I can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. The second question I have for you is what one movie or video or documentary have you seen in your life? that has really opened up perspectives and, and really changed some kind of a perception or something that, um, the way of thinking. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, this is a little bit tougher one for me because I don't actually really watch movies or document. Uh, sorry, I'm um, like series. It's like the latest documentaries that I watched, they've been either like or BBC Earth, like planets, planets and Earth, all sort of like nature documentaries mm. uh, and science documentaries. So, I mean, they always open my eyes. Like there are so many miracles we can learn by just learning more and, and widening our perspective. I think more about the... Uh, of the concepts that have changed my mindset is always coming from the books, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so in that sense, um, so what yeah. would be your, so what would be the, the next question is what would, what would be your one book? I know that there's thousands, Rebecca, I know that you love books. We all know that we've established that now, but what would be the one? Like if you would, if someone came and said to you, Rebecca, what one book actually changed? Sure. Sure. In that sense, I'm actually, cause I have it here. Oh, oops. This is the book that I'm currently reading. Uh, I'm sorry to say this is not about uh, like human psychology, about how to change your mindset or any business, but this is literally actually about uh, astronomy. <laughs> astronomy. So it's a book called The Infographic Book of Space. And for anybody who is interested, like it actually shows in charts, like everything, everything that happens in the outer hemisphere. So anybody who is interested in, in space stuff, I'm not sure if there are any people, maybe there are, just have a look at this book. You're not going to regret it. What's uh, it makes, it's called Cosmos, Infographic Book of, of um, Space. So that's my current one. Well, well, guys, if you're still listening and you are into space stuff and astronomy <laughs> and stuff like that, go and check out that book called Cosmos. Um, you can always reach out to Rebecca and she can share the, the author with you as well. 
Um, okay, so the last question now, Rebecca, where it gets a little bit deeper, is yeah. if you can spend a few hours with someone that you look up to, to learn from their wisdom, whether they're dead or alive, who would that one person be? <sighs> so you can sit down and have a conversation with this person because you look up to them, you want to learn something from them, um, and you've never got the opportunity to, or you would have loved to. I, I really do believe that... Sure. Uh, it's, it's a tough one because I think we can really learn from everyone. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be disappointing, but I'm not going to say one great big name like, you know, Carl Sagan from space or Elon Musk, because I really do believe that there are so many people I can learn so much from. It's more about the person's mindset that if they are open-minded, if, if they are interested in philosophy of life and they are interested in exploring, exploring and analyzing the world around them. But if I just have to give you one name, Mm. I think I said it already. Elon Musk is, <laughs> I still would yeah. like to have a, <laughs> actually a chat with him. I mean, he is a controversial guy from, for, for many people, but I, I, what I do actually admire in him is the fact that he finds a problem in his eyes, whether it's, it's, um, uh, electric cars that he, he wants to bring more electric cars or maybe he wants to bring people to space or maybe he wants to have more solar system. Like he finds a problem and then he goes actually and does that. He solves the problem and uh, hence why there is like four or five companies that he have uh, started that are still running. So I think that's inspiring of people who actually want to change the world around them, actually do something about it. I think it's beautiful. And I, I think we all should have the same drive and motivation to actually have an impact in our actions and in our lives. I love that. That is, that is the best and the most beautiful way to end this episode. Um, I love that you said for the people that are still listening right now the best way that we can change the world is number one to change ourselves, mm. and then number two to spread that energy and that love and that kindness with the people mm. around us so we can change their life and if we change their life it'll have a domino effect because those people will do what we did to them so it would be yeah. like a domino effect of everybody helping each other spreading that energy spreading that love spreading that kindness around it into the world solving more problems giving people more solutions and allow us to live in a more happier, grateful life. Mm, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Beautiful words and everything. It always starts from kindness. I think we could sum it up all to that. Just be kind to yourself, to others and see the world changing around you. I love that. I love that. So amazing. The, the word of the episode is kindness. So yes. I, go and be <laughs> kind today after listening to this episode. Go mm. and show Rebecca some love don't be don't waste any more time make sure as soon as you finish this episode you head over to rebecca's pages on social media rebecca can you share with everyone where they can reach out to you for help guidance mm -hmm. find out more about cuddles therapy where can they reach out to you which platform do you live on Thank you, Sadiq. Um, I mean, I'm literally everywhere. Uh, Instagram Instagram is probably the place where I share most of the stuff that are on my mind. And then Facebook, well, Facebook, not too much nowadays. In, uh, LinkedIn, I also use quite quite frequently. So yeah, also email Rebecca at NordicCuddle.com if you have any questions about cuddle therapy or how to become a practitioner yourself. Uh, you can sign up and I'm happy to advise more or book a session. <laughs> amazing i love that so guys please go and go and head over and and connect with rebecca she is an amazing soul she's super kind she's she's on a mission i can tell her, her ambition and her passion is driving her forward like crazy and i remember when we first met just to end it that we like i felt like i was talking to myself in the mirror 
I never met anyone with so much energy like myself. And I was like, this is, this is such, this is going to be such an amazing conversation. There was a lot like, of energy indeed. <laughs> it was like both so crazy. We were just going to talk about life yeah. and purpose and dreams straight away. Like forget about mm. how was your day and stuff. <laughs> um, please go and connect with her. And also, mm. lastly, please make sure you check out her TEDx talk on YouTube. Um, do you remember the title of the talk, Rebecca? Yes. So you can just type down to Google or YouTube, uh, Rebecca Mikola, which is my name. And then cuddling can make us better human beings. And I will elaborate more in the talk. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sadiq, for inviting me. I really, really have enjoyed this conversation. And thank you for sharing your authenticity and, and genuine approach to life and improving people, uh, lives of others. I think that's a beautiful, very beautiful uh, initiative to have. You're welcome. Thank you so much. So I'm grateful and I know we're going to be staying connected. I know we're going to be meeting more often. And if I can be of service in any way to yourself, please always let me know. You know, you, you can always contact me and, and I'm always here to help as many people as I can in the world with any problems or anything they need from me. So um, bear that in mind. But once again, thank you so much for being on a Purposeful Mindset podcast with me. I am super grateful. Enjoy the rest of your day, Rebecca, and I will catch up with you really, really soon. Take care. Thank you, Sadiq. Take care. Catch up soon. No worries. Take care. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye. If you're still there, I just want to say a massive thank you for your attention and your time. It really means a lot to me. Please do me one favor and subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends and leave a rating on whichever platform you're listening to this. It would honestly mean the world to me. Thank you so much once again. I hope that this episode brought value and inspiration into your life and I'll see you guys next week.